Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about rest, recovery, and fatigue management. Mm. So building off, I guess, last week's episode, we spoke all about training intensity. Uh, So we think it's very important to follow up with managing rest and recovery and just overall like general recovery from your training because it's so important and all these things go hand in hand. They sure do. So yeah, last week we were talking about how to really push and we were going to add this section into last week's, but then Mm. we realized "Hmm, it's a whole nother podcast in itself. But it is so important and often overlooked because people think, well, the more I do, the better, which Mm. we cleared up last week, that that's very much not the case. And a big part of your results in the gym, in life, are due to resting and recovering and having the discipline to give yourself some time off. Mm. And we've all been there, like what we spoke about last week, going round and round the under-recovered range. And -hmm. I think you can talk about, a lot of people talk about overtraining, which is what we would have spoken about last week, like doing so much. But in reality, it's actually under-recovering because Mm. we don't grow muscle or we don't actually get results in the gym. We get results when we're sleeping, when we're recovering, when we're having downtime. And this goes along um, like super compensation. So when we exert a certain amount of energy um, or stress on a muscle or whatever the stimulus is, the point is to push down a little bit and go beyond that maintenance and then rest so that you can have that time, super compensation occurs, and then we can come back stronger and better than before. Yeah. And it's just so important. You know, we may think that we're, we're in the swing of things, you know, we're pushing, 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 but the mind, the body has a way of slowing us down and it will, if we don't um, give it regular rest, so we can get sick, we can get injured. You just sort of come crashing down and we'll definitely talk about some of the symptoms of under recovering as we move along. But I feel like we can all recognize a time where we're just like, wow, I'm actually cooked. Mm. (laughs) I'm actually cooked. When is the last time that you feel like you've really pushed the limits on yourself? Um, To be honest, it's been actually quite interesting just being in lockdown. I've noticed that like my training has been pretty tough, but just my tolerance has been a little bit lower. So Mm. I'm actually finding that I'm having to give myself a lot more rest, particularly when I'm due for my period as well. It's just as if, because there's some subconscious stress and awareness going on about everything that's happening. And and I just feel like my cup's been a little bit um, smaller in terms of how much I can take on. So I kind Mm. of go through mini bouts throughout the week. So to come Friday and Saturday, if I haven't sort of slept long or slept well and I I do notice it so kind of recent Um, Mm. but in terms of a big 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 sort of crash it was a few years ago when I was in final year of uni and and did Mm. the two bodybuilding shows I'm like wow but Mm. hey it served me and I got a lot of cool shit done Um, but yeah that's to answer that what about yourself Mm. before we move on to me oh what what did that crash look like for you I always do that I handball it right back don't I um (laughs) You just get real, like the big one. Oh, it's just like, I don't know, just all that energy all of a sudden disappears. And it's like, you go from that high adrenaline to really low and you just sort of don't really feel like doing anything. So it's kind of the polar opposite of 
you know, um, getting all that stuff done and on the go and high, high, high adrenaline. And, and then, um, you know, sickness comes into play, the immune system drops Mm. a little bit and, and all of that. So it was more just like a time where I was like, wow, I just need to take a holiday or take some time Mm. off, but yeah, you said than done, right? Yeah. Really good. I feel like, and we're going to touch on this today, but the importance of psychological downtime as well Mm. as physiological, it's just so underrated because stress is stress on the body. And we've said this so many times, but what you're doing in your social life and your personal life and your occupation at work is directly impacting your training. Mm. And a lot of the times, like when we need a deload or have periods off or pull back, it's got nothing to do with the stimulus in the gym. Mm. Um, but our tolerance does decrease. So maybe you have to change things. Maybe you have to deload. Maybe you have to have other considerations or more calories or whatever it might be because the stress externally um, is impacting you internally. Mm -hmm. And this all comes down to fatigue, right? This all comes down to those sorts of things. Even myself Mm. moving, and I see lots of clients go through this as well, like with moving, I tell people to deload. If you're moving houses and you're doing things, like a lot of people are like, no, 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 I'll be fine at the start Mm. of the week. And I'm like lifting boxes, like doing all this other sort of stuff, stressing, like, did I cancel the gas? You know, like, oh my God, yeah. Packing. You know, I nearly had the whole week off because I was like, I'm exhausted, like mentally and physically. And I think we need to stop stressing about having a week off training. Like, I feel like you get to an age where you're like, okay, missing a session here and there. It's not the end of the world. It's actually going to do me more benefit than harm. Yeah, particularly when you've got a great routine happening. You know, for someone who's kind of just starting out on their fitness journey, which we would have a lot of listeners with that, okay, there's a boundary. Like, am I actually burnt out because I've been just working too hard or is this Mm. kind of just the resistance of adding in a little bit more exercise um, into the routine? So it's always good to differentiate. Um, But just mental stimulus and having your mind going is very exhausting as well. Like we can all recall starting a new job and that first week is just Mm. so exhausting because new um, environments, you know, you're learning new things and remembering things and or even studying for exams. When your mind is ticking, it can feel like you've just had a big workout as well. Mm, Absolutely. I was reading an article the other day on something called the letdown effect. And I know I mentioned it um, to you previously, but I, after we moved in on the Saturday, we'd finally, like we moved in Thursday, Friday. And then on the Saturday, we finally unpacked some of the stuff. And I was like, I'm having the day off work. Like I'm just chilling out. And I like, I was on the couch for like an hour, like watching Netflix. And I was like, nah, that's it. I'm clocking off. Yeah. And I just started feeling unwell. And I was like, I'm mm. just starting to feel sick. Like I'm getting a snotty nose. Like what's going on? Mm. I feel tired. I feel fatigued. And I was like, what's happening? And then Luke was having the same thing. He's like, yeah, me too. So oh. Had some Panadol and I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Anyways, so I jumped on Google because that's what As we all we do. All do. <laughs> I was like, I have to understand oh, everything no. about what my body is experiencing right now. Um, <laughs> and I come across something called the letdown effect and it just rings so many bells. It's, I guess it underlines the principle of when you actually physiologically and psychologically stop and pause, um, a lot of those neurotransmitters, hormones, and chemicals that are fight or flight and going like adrenaline, cortisol, all those sorts of things that make us feel fantastic, drop down to a new baseline. And we can feel quite run down. And that's what you're saying about your immune system sort of becoming suppressed Mm. and all those sorts of things. And you can get sick. Mm. And I think the perfect example of this, because I used to see it all the time with Luke is teachers who would grind through semesters and then get sick or get a migraine or something like that on school holidays, like day one, we yeah. would always have a migraine. 
And yeah, I'm like, there you go. Weird. Like it's mm. it just shows how incredible our body is at adapting, at thriving through. Um, but in this article, I was reading about ways to like reduce it because sometimes we have to push and work. Like sometimes yeah. stress is high and it's just a part of life. Mm. But they were saying not just stopping. So like slowly grudging, they gave a horrible example of like, including some small runs throughout the day. I was like, oh God. But my (laughs) mentality was obviously it highlights the importance of not only um, obviously with your training and and physical stress, but psychologically making sure that you're having periods throughout the week where you're having time off, i.e. adhering to rest days, engaging in like, you know, remedial parasympathetic activities, Mm. um, mindfulness, those sorts of things. And having those periods where you are allowing those hormones and adrenaline and cortisol to come back down so that you don't have a crash when you have a Netflix day like me. (laughs) I know that'll put you off Netflix forever. Like I'm I'm never resting again. No, See, it takes me like an hour to pick something on Netflix anyway. So that's just how normally my Netflix um, ventures We've been watching Sex Ed. Have you seen that? Oh, I haven't, but it's popped up. A lot of the the shows have the title Sex in it. It's good clickbait, I think. Luke's like, don't tell anyone. I'm like, okay. (laughs) He loves it. I feel like that's the thing. All right, I'll I'll have to get um Paul and I to sit down and have a little watch. I just that just takes me. I don't know. Is it relevant to like sex ed in school or? It's like a series where I feel like it's based back in like the eighties or the nineties, and mm. um yeah, like the main character, his mum is a sex therapist, oh. and it's very taboo like back then. Anyway, she ends up coming um to the school and like working as um like a sex ed teacher. Okay. Meanwhile, her son is like working as like a sex therapist for different students and helping them with their problems. It's very interesting. It's more like a, it's a funny watch. There you go. Love a good funny watch about sex. So perfect. Can't go wrong. That's good to to... back on track though about fatigue. (laughs) Anyway, muscles, movements, biomechanics. No, boring. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So your muscles don't grow in the gym. Okay, Mm. your ligaments don't get stronger in the gym. Your your recovery happens when you are resting. So be disciplined and organize a rest day. I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'll just train six days a week. But then you have to challenge yourself, unless you're like an elite, elite, elite athlete um, who's built up to that training capacity for an event, there is no need to train that many times a week. Otherwise, you sort of have to question, well, how hard am I actually training? Yeah, Because I know, and I know you'd be the same, when rest days do, I'm like so thankful and looking forward to it because I'm so cooked by the time it's due for rest day you know what I mean because you just train very hard and very smart um, in the days that you are on but then we must recognize the importance of taking a rest for sure Mm, yeah and I've been like training out of a new gym obviously in Geelong and I'm so sore this week just different machines different equipment different foot placement I'm weak and I'm sore because (laughs) You know, there's whenever you're using like different machines and including different exercise, like it is a different exercise and you're going to yep. get more DOMS. Um, Luke's actually joined in training with me this week and he's like, because oh, I can set a train with Sherelle, can we call it train with soreness? <laughs> I, like, I thought he was going to say call it train with Luke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> No, Um, but I think that like that muscle soreness is something to really take seriously because a lot of people, I guess, think that it's a good thing 
it's actually yeah. impacting my training. Like oh, it's impacting yeah. how hard I can push. Um, <laughs> that, um, sorry, that reminds me of the tricep thing that you did oh. two sets in. And then yesterday I was doing a little bit of filming um, on for the TRX just for some home workout stuff. I literally did two exercises mm. and five reps each. My calves are fried yep. and I've been purposely trying to smash my calves just because my arms are like bigger than my calves. So I want them to grow. <laughs> Two exercises, five reps each. I'm walking this morning and I literally cannot walk. It's like, mm. what the hell? Just because it was such a new stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind. Like even when I first started putting some running in, like I was so oh, sore yeah. from the running and that's got like no eccentric. Yeah. So it's really important to understand that anytime you add in new training, um, I guess, me- exercises or setups or routines, mm. like you're going to have some soreness, mm. um, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily a good workout. So to you don't speak. want just, that all the time. No, it's it just means that something's new. Yeah. Um, yeah. But something I wanted to touch on, because I think it's so important to consider when it comes to rest and fatigue management is something called peripheral fatigue versus central nervous system fatigue. And this is a concept that I think is really important when we look at strength-based sports in comparison to like bodybuilding, general fitness, hypertrophy style training, um, because this is something that I use a lot in terms of like programming for myself and clients mm-hmm. is I almost look at like people in two separate sort of categories it's like if we're looking at just getting strong firstly strong on what like is there a specific barbell movement or is there something that you're really wanting to work on like a weakness or are you looking at like building muscle you're going to gain strength in it obviously but when we look at the way that our body experiences fatigue it can happen in two different ways so Mm. peripheral fatigue is localized to the actual muscle itself Um, and as the muscle fatigues during exercise metabolites and waste products accumulate in in the muscle and that's what we want like when we're experiencing fatigue and stress and those sorts of things in the gym we want it to be if it's for bodybuilding sorry and those primary sorts of things we want it to be localized to an area Um, because the opposite end of the spectrum, there's something called central fatigue. And that's when we have like a systemic response to overtraining, so to speak. Mm. So it's the feeling of physically and mentally feeling quite exhausted following training. And central fatigue is simply an inability to maximally recruit a muscle. Mm. So I don't know about you, Danny, but have you ever had time off the gym and you come back and you're stronger? Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely recognize it and you kind of, um, you feel fresh almost. It's like, oh, is this what we're meant to feel like? Because yeah. you are you customized or become custom to that feeling of fatigue, which you beautifully explained. So peripheral and you can kind of like, we can all recall that sort of lactic acid feeling mm. sometimes doesn't mean it's always going to be felt like that. But for example, on a leg extension, you always feel the um, lactate building up and that's sort of like everything being flushed to that muscle. So the prime example there versus, for example, like after heavy squats or deadlifts, you Mm. don't have DOMS or muscle soreness and you can't really isolate, you know, where you've felt the exercise, but you just feel like sometimes my body gets tingly or when I'm lying in bed, my legs are like, it feels like little ants are crawling through my body. Like you're just wired. Mm, So they're sort of the two differences for me. Yeah. And when it comes to that central nervous system fatigue as well, this can recruit over a long period of time. So if we're Mm. constantly in that overtraining state and you're just constantly doing volume after volume and volume is like one of the number one things that's going to contribute to that central nervous system fatigue, you won't even know it's happening. 
until you have time off. You'll walk around suboptimal strength and training and being undercovered and you won't even know it. I can guarantee you anyone who's training six days a week will have a level of central nervous system fatigue that they're carrying. Um, So if you don't have deloads and periods off and modify training accordingly and have, you know, mesocycles and account for all this sort of stuff and be selective about your exercises that you're choosing, um, then it just recruits and you will eventually start going backwards. So one of the most optimal ways to measure central nervous system fatigue is one strength. Um, but also to something called heart rate variability. And mm. I know that we use this a lot, um, Danny, with our aura ring. It's very difficult to track without, um, I know you can do it manually, yeah. but that's over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do that. But so, like central nervous system fatigue, it's not something that you want, um, but it's a definitely a way that our body experiences long-term fatigue. And you're more likely to experience this fatigue with heavy lifts, and lots of volume. So a barbell back squat and a conventional deadlift, they are super taxing on our nervous system. Like you said, it's not really like peripherally fatiguing one muscle. You don't know where you're feeling. You're like, that's just fucking heavy. Your whole body's in it, right? Yeah. Like, mm. whoa, that's just heavy, right? Whereas you do a cable kickback, like that's not putting much stress on the body, but it's overloading a specific muscle. Yeah. So this is why I think it's super important to understand your goal, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but also understanding like, well, if my goal's bodybuilding, and this is my own uh, sort of bias, if my goal's to build a certain muscle, I'm going to try and mitigate as much central nervous system fatigue as I can and contribute mostly to peripheral fatigue and isolate muscles. Mm. Um, and that's sort of my principle. I know you can have a bit of both, but yeah, just things to consider. Yeah, really well said. And that's perfect. So for example, someone training for a powerlifting comp will spend most of their time on their main lifts and throw in a couple of accessories after. But we know that the quality of the the accessory work would be a lot less because they put everything into that first exercise. Mm. Now for a bodybuilder, as you said, you know, that's not ideal because we don't want to spend all of our time on heavy squats and deadlifts. And then by the time we're moving to our machine work we're absolutely fried so that Mm. will not help the goal there so I don't know I like a little mix of both you know just um do my strength work at the start but not like five by fives or really high volume sort of less volume still lifting heavy but then also leave some room in the tank for the accessory work as well so really consider your goal um yeah I also just wanted to touch on aside from training I feel like you can get central nervous system fatigue just from your occupation you know subconscious stresses that are happening as well and Mm. you know you might not even be training but you might just have a really stressful day and then by the end of the day you sort of feel the same effect so Mm. it's really important to consider that as well like what is your lifestyle like if you're pretty stress-free cool Mm. you can afford to spend more time in the gym if you've got a really full-on job or you're going through you know moving house or doing something big in your life there's no point throwing another five, six days of training on there because you'll just sort of burn out and it'll just be too much. And the quality of those sessions will be poor as well. I feel like yeah. we've all been there. Yeah, really good point. And I think it comes down to um, like how much you can recover as an individual. Mm. You know, it's really important to consider that. Something I also like like to do, like when I'm in comp prep and specific hypertrophy styled phases, like 
I I had calves as my A series for a while. Mm-hmm. People were like, well, that's weird. Why wouldn't you just put it on the end? I'm like, central nervous system fatigue and fatigue in general and the ability for us to recruit muscle fibers actually declines throughout a training session. Mm. So this is why, like, if people are hoping to get really strong on a, like a compound movement, that's why it's going to be at the start because you don't yep. want to have any level of fatigue at the end unless that's uh, a strategy that you're using for something, right? Yep. Like unless you're using fatigue as a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes I will have cable kickbacks as my A-series or I'll have calves yeah. as my A-series or I'll have like delts as my A-series in a lateral raise and isolated exercise, I should say specifically. Yeah, cool. Um, but it just comes down to like what principles you're doing. And until you try this sort of stuff, you don't actually know. Like I, I would have laughed a few years ago being like, you're going to have cable kickback as your A1. Like that's a waste. Mm. But now I'm like, actually, that's probably a really good strategy if your goal is to build the glutes and get the most out of that in that isolated exercise. So it just depends on what way you want to look at it. The other thing I was going to say, which you pointed out, is the amount, and I don't like shift work, right? I've had lots of experience with it. Yeah, yeah. The recoverability of myself now in my lifestyle is so different to what I was going through back then. Mm. Something that grinds me is when people are like, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But (laughs) But they're very different. (laughs) I get it. But what is an hour? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm. what is what is time? So, mm. not this know. again. I think we went down this road. Uh, what is it? <laughs> what is life? <laughs> but it grinds me because I'm like, okay, well, maybe some people are working full time shift work and they've got a daughter and they've got all these other things, and therefore saying, oh, well, we've all got the same amount of hours in the day is yeah. going to be demoting motivating for people that can't get us like five sessions in. Yeah, exactly. It's It's not the same hours in a day. I remember um, I was about to go train and then mum called me and she's like, yeah, I need to take my dog, like the dog to the vet. She's sick. She's okay now, just FYI. And then I was so stressed and then my training session was ruined just because I was worried about my dog. Like we all have things that come Mm. up, you know what I mean? Like it's not the same. Yeah, we've got the same amount of time, Mm. but it's just so different. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why, like, like obviously I love programming. Like I love programming and thinking about all this sort of stuff. But when you look at, like, sometimes we get so fixated on the smallest variables in a training program and we don't think about that sort of stuff. Like maybe you didn't hit your numbers because you are stressed in an external factor. You had a shit night's sleep or Mm. like whatever it might be. So Mm. when we talk and we're going to chat about the psychological time that we need off training as well because we need to be recovering not just physically but also mentally yeah a lot of people want this like answer to fix their lack of motivation with training and I'm like yeah well are you having rest days like consistently like are you actually spending time away from the gym to the point that you miss it like I love training I would go every day if it was Mm. beneficial but it's Mm. not it's going to make me resent it Exactly. Just like anything, too much of anything, you sort of start to get over it. Like, so the best motivational cure is to take time off and see if you actually miss it. And then if you don't change your training style, like when I sign people on for coaching, there's a phone call involved and a couple of times actually they've been on the other end and realized that they don't actually want to like train in the gym. They're like, actually, no, I'm cause I sort of, you put it out there. You're like, are you ready to do the work? Blah, blah, blah. I know you do too. You set the expectation and say, Hey, we're going to teach you the tools, but you have to be the one to use them. And a, a tiny handful of people have just been like, 
fuck, actually, I think I might go back to playing netball. Not because yeah. I'd sold it as such a shit experience, but they just sort of had the realisation like, mm. well, everyone else on Instagram was doing it. So that's why I reached out. But yeah. deep down, I'm not actually passionate about it. And I don't think it's going to help my goals. I really love playing my sport. Maybe I won't quit. And it's mm. like, awesome. Good on you. Like, that's yeah. fine. Don't do it just because everyone else is training on Instagram in the gym. Like, Yeah. I think that's so important, Danny. I'm really glad you bring that up because diversity in movement, like I encourage it so much. And I'm the same. Like I've had some clients that are like, you know what? I actually want to try this. And I'm like, go do it. Mm. Like, I love that for you. Mm. Like, I want you to find things that you enjoy. We've spoken about this in the past, but that's, that's the best way for sustainability. Like if Mm. you want to include some running, if you want to do some cardio, if you want to have some pole dancing, like, you know, it also doesn't have to be one way or the other. Like you can have a bit of everything. You can find your style of training that you actually enjoy as well and love. Um, But yeah, really good, really good. I think it's so important to not discriminate. And our world is so small, isn't it, Danny? Like I just think the bodybuilding, training, lifting community is just one piece of like fitness. Yeah, but it all bleeds into every, you know, whether you're a pro basketballer or whether, you know, as you mentioned, all those activities, pole dancing. I've got a few people in New Zealand who love going on hikes. And yep. but the the fundamental is, okay, learn how to make your body strong, learn how to make mm. your body move well and prevent injuries. But then the cool thing is you can use that for any other activity. Like mm. everyone needs to have time in the gym, but it's like, that doesn't have to be the only thing you do. Like mm. enjoy life. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a really good podcast by Andrew Huberman the other day. I oh, feel he's like he's cool. Oh, what a man. What, what a, a man. man. Um, <laughs> anyways, his new podcast on dopamine and something mm. that was really interesting. Any lifters will absolutely love that podcast. Um, he was talking about something and it resonated a lot with what we do in lifting. Um, obviously, dopamine is like the, the chemical in our body that makes us feel good, that we get addicted to. It's it's released in that sort of um, reward pathway system. So we do something, we get rewarded, we get that feeling. That mm. feeling is dopamine. Um, and he was talking about a lot of the things that lifters do, or a lot of people that train do with training in the gym for example Mm -hmm. Um, and something that we do is we stack dopamine stimulus on top of each other so we might have (laughs) our favorite pre-workout and then go to our favorite gym with our best friend and then listen to our favorite music and then wear Mm. our favorite clothes and all these things are like releasing more dopamine to make us feel a certain way and then what happens when some of those things get taken away i.e your airpods are flat it's like the the world (laughs) deflate oh i'm thinking home training yeah. You know, like that sucks. Why is it yep. suck? For some people, they have the same amount of equipment, mm. you know, and I don't know, Danny, but like training at Pato Performance, like empty, you know, did you ever sort of get like a feeling like there's no people around you or anything at like the that? start? Cause it's just so different. Um, mm. It's kind of a little bit of an emptiness. Like mm. it's like, Oh, okay, cool. But then now it's like going to be weird because everyone's coming back next week. So like, fuck, you get used to your scenario, but exactly. to relate it back to, to what you asked. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At the start. And it just resonated a lot for me. Cause I remember, remember when I went away and I went home and then I come yeah. back and it was like, every bit of dopamine in my life was gone Gone. everything yeah and I was like wow I feel like a bit depressed like this sucks like a come down off that dopamine right what goes up must come down exactly and Mm. something else like never too high never too low I think is really important when it comes to these sorts of things like we can have a little bit but 
he was talking about the importance of like withdrawing from some of these things, like maybe training every now and then without music or like, you know, not having the pre-workout all the time Mm. and like not relying on caffeine, for example, and being okay with different sorts of things. And I think the same a principle applies with training, right? Like sometimes, and I, I swear this is coming back, but sometimes we lose motivation and we lose drive to go to the gym. Those sessions are sort of just as important to push through um, than when we're in our best state, feeling amazing, like recovery is good, sleep's good. Of course, we consider it. But I also think that push is super important as well. Yeah, well, when it comes to consistency, if we're only ever going to really push on the days we're feeling good, we're not going to be pushing that often because how often do you sort of wake up and you wake up, you check your aura ring, you're like, yep, oh. I've slept well, you know, your, your favourite outfit's not in the wash, you pop it on, all the, to stack those variables, it's very, um, it doesn't happen often. Mm. So it's, um, and you've mentioned it a few times when you've had, um, a poor sleep that you try not to let it get in your head, which I'm getting better at as well. But sometimes when I wake up and see the red lines, I'm like, the day's over. Yeah. It's all gone. <laughs> yeah, the red um, but you know what I did um, just now? I'm on this tangent about sleep. Last night, because I've been, as I've, I've been putting on my story, my hay fever's just been cooked, being yeah, in a I new environment. And I th- we might be thinking that I'm allergic to the cat, the neighbor's cat, because I'm getting closer to this cat. It's earned my trust and vice versa. I've earned its trust, really. And now I'm patting with it more and playing with it more. And I'm just like, okay, why are my symptoms getting worse? Paul's like, maybe it's a cat. I'm like, don't say such things, but I think he's right. So anyway, my sleep has been horrendous because I'm just like Mm. itching and hot and whatever diffuser with peppermint oil in it Mm. i had the best sleep of my life and i I, it reminded me because you're all about that as like when you're working as a midwife i just can't believe how good of a sleep i had yeah guys get your diffusers out but make (laughs) sure it's diluted because i actually did something cheeky and just put it on my clothes and was bathing in the in the fumes but and again i hopped on google this morning to you know benefits of peppermint oil and then all these warnings came up they're like make sure you dilute it I'm like oh shit yeah so use oils but dilute them yeah I love essential oils we used to use them a lot in midwifery um like clary sage and those sorts of things like really good when you can start reading up about the benefits of them Uh, and using them for a lot of like um you know remedial things like sleep like lavender in the bath yeah that knocks me right out I have that in like a magnesium spray it's really good how Um, good but I guess as well, like that's a really good strategy for being able to improve recovery as well. Like when yeah. we want to like tools for recovery, we've listed a lot. And I know obviously recovery is like one of the most important things I feel like we talk about on here is like what we're doing to make sure that our body and our mind can physically improve for next time. Mm. And obviously Danny and I are big users of the aura ring, mm. but you know, I don't want people to feel like they have to have these things because no. to be honest, I'm at that point now. I, I barely use the actual data because I'm, I'm so in tune with my body mm. that I'm like, yeah, I had a really shit night's sleep. I don't really need to look at my aura ring to know that. That's um, not the, it can yeah, sort so, of be a double-edged sword. Exactly. I think it's mm. just really important to know that like you don't actually need the objective feedback, the data, the numbers to know, okay, I'm a bit overworked at the moment or I need a yeah. pull back. Like we have to be listening to what our body needs. And yeah. it starts with having days off from the gym, you know, Absolutely. forcing yourself to make sure that you're having your rest days and not going for a huge hike on those rest days and actually resting. 
Yeah, people are like rest day and then they're just like doing all these other activities that aren't in the gym. Yeah, skipping, yeah. hiking, all this stuff, which great. If, if you can recover on that, yes. awesome. I still go for a walk on my rest day and I know you Oh, for sure. Go well. for walks. Get don't out go of the for house. an endurance run. Yeah, like- don't run a marathon. Yeah. Um, but it's so important. But then also what I've been doing is just, you know, not booking appointments on a day or just having one day to leave fully open for whatever yeah. can come up just to not talk to anyone mm. I, I don't go anywhere well obviously not going anywhere anyway but you know <laughs> what I mean just to to not be locked into a schedule and knowing that that day's there and mm. I just pot around the house doing whatever and it's just done wonders just because yeah. I'm such an introverted extrovert and I think I've said this before, right? Extrovert being you're outgoing, you vibe off people, but introvert sort of you want your own time. Mm. I wake up an extrovert, I'm out there. But then when I decide that my time's done, I just don't want to talk to anyone. I'm like, I need to recharge now. Mm. And then if I don't get that time, game over. It just mm. accumulates until like I get a headache or something happens where I'm forced to be just in my bed on my own, not talking to anyone. Mm. It's happened a lot lately, actually. Yeah, I'm the same. I love my introverted time. Mm. Like I'm very out there, but I love my alone time and that fills my cup up for me. You know, I feel like when you do sort of communicate a lot with people, I'm like, oh, I just need to have some time for me. And that's that's what allows me to recover, not just physically but mentally as well. Yeah. Um, and something else, like obviously, like I don't think we need to go into sleep because we've talked about it so much. In <laughs> We're the past. so passionate about oh, it. <laughs> sleep, guys, get your sleep. But stress management is just so big for me because I'm such a sympathetic, dominant person. Like mm. I'm always on the go. I'm always, mm. I'm always got adrenaline going through my blood, and I'm always, you know, trying to do those uplifting activities. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, okay, we'll make sure that you're also having the downtime as well so that your nervous system can relax a little bit and not yeah. have a letdown effect every time we do so. Um, yeah, just so ease I, into it, as you said earlier. Don't just cut everything off for the day. Mm, yeah. yeah, I usually, I'm the same. Like I have one day a week where I'll book something for myself. Like I'll go mm. for a massage or like, you know, I see a Cairo or I'll go for like a long walk or mm. I'll, you know, do certain things that give back to my body in a way. Yeah. And I find that really helpful for me to know, oh, okay, I've scheduled my downtime. This yeah. is my day where I can actually unwind and relax and give back to all the work that my body does. Yeah, which is crazy that society has sort of led us or our, our lifestyle as awesome as it is and very grateful for our quality of life. But like we have to schedule time off. I know. Like it's actually a discipline mm. to schedule a day off because mm. when you work for yourself as well, any hour can be a work hour, which it has its pros and cons. Like we can work whenever we feel like it, but you need to be disciplined. And I know a lot of new trainers or a lot of trainers who are finally, you know, they've had their break and they're getting lots of clients and clients and all of a sudden all their, everything goes out the drain. Like just don't fall in that trap. Mm. Make sure you schedule some time to yourself. It, yeah. it will just lead to, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm. As coaches, we're the worst too. You know, like I work with a lot of coaches and I feel like I have to be so disciplined with them with having time off because it, yep. you suffer in every element of your life i see it mm. and i'm like you want to thrive at your business cool you're not doing it you won't have one in a couple of years time if you keep going like this because you'll be yeah. burnt out and then yeah. what good are you you yeah. know 
our training is usually the first thing that starts suffering. Um, yep. We start just not giving, you know, the intensity in our sessions that they actually require. We start skipping days. We start feeling fatigued. We start replying to emails at 10 p.m. You start doing mm. these things. Mm. And if you're not disciplined with your downtime, like you can't have other people do that for you. And I'm, exactly. I'm you know, it was hard for me at the start to, to make sure like, but I've definitely learned. I'm like, okay, like I've been burnt out in another profession yeah. and I know how much that sucks. Mm-hmm. And then I think as well, coaching a lot of coaches and seeing that like more and more frequently pop up. I'm like, you know, your clients are inspired by how you show up too. And yeah, oh, you, yeah. you don't have that there, that capacity, because you've got no passion left and no energy and you lack motivation. You're hating your training, you're getting injured and you're yeah. poor sleep, mental yeah. health. You know, Absolutely. it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, you got to practice what you preach because that's what drew your clients to you in the first place and, mm. and what fueled your love um, for the industry and things. So, yes, we understand that there are times where you have to sacrifice sleep or other areas of life, social life, in order to achieve your goals. However, you have to think, okay, cool, this has to just be for a short period of time. It might be even like as long as a year, but you can't do it for your whole life. Um, Mm, but I find it interesting about myself and we reflect a little bit about this in the art of noticing, um, with Michelle, where we're talking about parts and I have this get shit done part that I've named it, um, sort of like how you said, where you've got adrenaline all the time in your body. And this part of me, I love it because it serves me right. Like, and serves both of us. We all have this part, but for me to have time off, it kind of, has to be on my terms because sometimes having time off stresses me out even more. Mm. Like, you know, it's like, well, I'm not actually ready to go to the beach today. Like I didn't decide that I don't want time off. Like it has to, I have to have this conversation with myself as if I've earned the right to have time off, Mm. which is, it's a battle that I go through kind of thing. Um, But I just find it very interesting because there's no point doing something that's designed to wind you down like meditation or take a day off if you know that it's going to create more stress anyway because then you sort of finish that and then you know all the things that you have to do so take time off conservatively when you feel like it's necessary for you Mm. I also feel like experiences are incredible for us to learn lessons Mm. and you know I hate that a lot of the time we have to experience negative things for us to learn lessons, you know, and I I genuinely think that in like being pushed into like burnout physical and seeing it from other people, like there's only two ways we learn it's going through it ourselves or seeing it happen to someone else. Mm. Right. That's how we go. Shit. I don't want, that's important to me. Yeah. You know, and once we can actually generally start learning to appreciate things like rest, recovery, sleep, downtime, meditation, friendships, relationships, until we actually genuinely believe that those things are going to benefit us in some way, shape or form, that's only when we're going to be compliant. Like Mm. if we didn't think that exercise was beneficial, we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't be motivated. So I have this theory about motivation. Like you don't lack motivation. You lack inspiration. You're not inspired to do something because you don't think it serves you. So if you're like, if you're like skipping your, like if you're training on your rest days, or if you're doing more things on your rest days, if you're walking around all the time in your rest periods, it's because you actually probably don't have the context of how Mm. important that is. So Mm. I like to spend a lot of time of, and it's why we're here, like educating, being like, actually let down effect. Like yeah. use this as evidence, look at the burnout, look at your business, look at your time off, like look at your training principles, mm. all these things. When you have context, you can actually be compliant. You can't really have one without the other. 
Yeah, and that really sparked an idea as well and often um, not to go down a whole psychological episode because we'll add another two hours to it, but often if we're always busy and doing something where, I, you know, fueled by passion and motivation, all that stuff, but then it's kind of like you have to ask yourself, all right, why am I scared of having a day off? What's going to come up? Mm. Am I running away from something? Am I overcompensating for something? Is there a conversation I have to have with someone that I'm avoiding? So mm-hmm. scary things things can actually come up when you actually just sit in your own company. So it's worth considering that as well. Kind of ask yourself, well, why do I always have to be doing something? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Highly functioning anxiety. I think the the term is. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) The get shit done so busy. I don't have to sit, stop and reflect, you know, but we all go through it. And I think um, busy, busy is a, um, what do you call like a resource to avoid? really a lot of the times we we keep busy and it feels good and like I said we're strung all the time but we can't do that and I think like I love the way that like fitness and training like has a lot of life principles um it it really does like I think Mm. when you look at your training for example like why aren't you allowing yourself to have a downtime or like even with um for example you know, we, we set these boundaries for ourselves. Like, Oh, I'm feeling unwell, but I'm still going to hit my steps. You know, I'm still going to, yeah, I'm just going to train hey. up a body. How many times mm. you have that? I'll just train up a body. Yeah, you know, yeah. you justify to yourself why you still have to do the things. And it's mm. really important to go why, because like I said, if you don't understand why, well, you, you will never be able to make the unconscious conscious and change the behavior. Yeah. And until we go through it, you kind of don't believe the effects of a rest day. I mean, when I had a migraine sort of two weeks ago Mm. um, or whatever it was, three weeks ago, like I took maybe three days in a row off, just any (laughs) movement pretty much. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to hit my steps. I'm not going to train. I managed to get my calories in later in the day, but it was just things like rice cakes and peanut butter just to get the calories in. I ended up losing weight even though I was eating the same amount, I was just moving less. Um, and then I was stronger when I came back in the gym mm. after being crippled by migraine. And it's like, wow, okay, my body was just really trying to tell me just to slow down. Yeah. And we don't realize until like in hindsight, like mm. really, we don't actually realize because, you know, our body's amazing. It's adaptive. It's just going to learn to be okay with what's going on because it wants you to get through it. So often yeah. when it comes to like central fatigue and systemic styled fatigues, you don't actually realize that you're carrying around a level of it, whether yeah. that is physical, like experience it in the gym, like maybe you're performing suboptimally or psychologically, like you don't realize how busy you are or how anxious you're feeling or, you know, how tightly wound you might be feeling. Um, and even like the people that you surround yourself with, are they highly wound? Because chances are they're going to, you're going to probably embody some of, you know, they're called mirror neurons, right? Like we mirror the energy of the people around us too. So I mm. feel like um, environment always comes into an example, no matter what episode we're talking about, but it's just so big. Like mm. are you in a lot of Facebook groups at the moment where everyone's really highly wound, like consider things like that as well and maybe mm. mute some notifications or set those boundaries. Like you said, we don't want to be answering emails at 10 p.m. type thing. So mm. just be mindful of what your eyes are seeing as well. Because at the time you might, I know for me, I might read something and it's fine. But then if you do that all day, every day, it just adds up as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, mm. really good point. Um, but I think that's all for recovery and training fatigue. I, I, I know magnesium. We on- Did we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole episode on supplementation, couldn't we? 
just magnesium for me, really. Yeah. I swear yep. by it. Do you still take it? Not all oh, the you've time. You've got it in your lavender spray, you said. I, I like, I hit my magnesium usually dietary-wise. Um, yeah. I've got this what are magne- some foods you like? There's this really good um, bread that has 400 milligrams per serving, which is the size, the dosage of what you'd take. Um, Ooh, yummy. So, yeah, something I've really gotten into is, like, looking at my micros this year and trying to hit them with supplements, um, not yep. without supplements, sorry. Yeah. Um, Calcium is something I really struggle with. I usually only get about 30 or 40% of my RDI unless I um, supplement with that. Magnesium, yep. I'm usually pretty good. So I don't, I take that around my cycle yep. um, just yeah. to help. Um, like we need more magnesium and zinc and things like that to build up the endometrial lining to help us shed. Mm. Um, so I can justify it for myself with that. But usually I hit it dietary wise. So there's a right. bread and it's got different types of grains sprouted in it. And that's please really tell me you it. remember the name. I can't. Co- deal okay. with anymore. Okay, games. hold on. It's, it's called every time I read Sherelle mentioned this. Do you know what it is yet? I'm like, no, we don't. Oh, she's gonna, gonna Google it. So oh, I'm gonna buy is. some time. Oh, you found it's, it. Great. Yeah, it's called because I'm I'm <laughs> so right. You're so right. Now this this brand though, it has to be this specific sprouted loaf because um we go. the other ones don't sprouted have the magnesium. Loaf. It's actually on the back as well, like it says how much magnesium in, is in it, but it's gluten free, so it's just I was waiting for that too. I'm like all the gluten intolerant people are gonna have their arms in the air. No, it's actually okay. gluten free. Um it, and the brand is P-R-E-C-I-N-C-T. Precinct? Yep, that's it. Market <laughs> loaf. Just wanted to make sure people could find it. And where do you get it? Health make food it easy. stores. Health food stores. Okay, so like your main health food stores. Yeah, most health food Great. stores sell it. Um, but you've got to buy, yeah, the sprouted loaf. It's the green packet. There's a couple mm. of different brands. Um, but yeah, magnesium is something that's tricky to get in diet-wise, just from yeah. food sources and a lot of micronutrients that are supposed to be in certain foods. Like if you're like, oh yeah, oranges, vitamin C, like yeah. sometimes they don't have the the actual quantity or quality of those micronutrients that we might actually think so oh yeah yeah. all the sprays and they could have been sitting there for months and Mm. and then our digestion comes into play like anything that you eat with a coffee will pretty much not be absorbed yeah. that's what i've learned which yeah sucks. i know i'm like damn um, it just yeah. Be. um yeah. but yeah when it comes to minerals and, and food quality like obviously nutrition's huge in mm. that like- and for anti-inflammatory what i've learned as well just because um my hormones are still sort of regulating like they're pretty damn good but i did have those bouts of migraines where my inflammation was just mm. nuts um reducing sort of around that time of the month, like the bleeding, um, reducing processed foods, sugars, um, adding in your magnesium, we can get that bread now or have supplements. Um, Your food is so important just as an anti-inflammatory. So when people say cut out dairy, cut out meat, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, maybe in moderations at certain times, like if you know that your period's coming and you sort of get side effects, play Mm. around with it doesn't mean Mm. you always have to cut them out forever but there are certain foods that also increase inflammation in your body as well so Mm. just another thing to be mindful of yeah absolutely i think um i'm i think certain people tolerate inflammation differently than others as well like there are people who are more prone to being quite inflamed i'm one of them for example like Mm. if i eat a lot of dairy like i'll have skin breaks out i'll have eczema i'll retain a lot of fluid those sorts of things Mm. um i feel better off gluten although i'm not gluten intolerant or celiac and there's a huge difference i just feel better off it yeah and subjective assessment is really important however there are people out there who don't experience any of it 
And mm. we, we can probably list examples all the time. So yeah. there is no good or bad. It's just for who and what for. And I am exactly the same as you. Like before I get my cycle, I know that if I cut gluten, if I cut dairy, if I increase fish oil, if I pay more attention to those anti-inflammatory properties, I don't experience any PMS-styled symptoms. So yeah. You just have to go through trial and error yourself. And if you're unsure, like a nutritionist or a naturopath is a great resource to be able to help you work through it. Perfect. Yep. How good's that? All right. Now I think that's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we hope you did enjoy this little, I guess, mini series on like training intensity and recovering from that intense training as well. And just some of the principles that Danny and myself really do like hold closely to us when it comes to training as a whole, not just ourselves, but also our own clients. Mm. So if you did enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot um, and tag Level Up Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, everyone.